Jesse. Amen. Good morning. Hey, we are continuing our 2023 vision series titled Growing Deeper. Growing Deeper, where we are focusing on six roots in which we want to grow deeper in in the next three years. And today we're looking at our next root. And I just want to be very blunt with you today. We are talking about money. And now I know a lot of us get really squirmy when the concept of money comes up in the church, and and for good reason, because some of you have been in churches where this idea of money and finances has been abused, and let me just say that, if that is your experience of what a church is and what a church does, and they're only focused on money, I just want to apologize right now. I want to apologize that that has ever been your experience when it comes to who Jesus is. That's not what God has intended for the church to be. God does not want the church to be driven by finances. Rather, he wants us to be wise with our finances. Do you guys see the difference there? There's one that's driven by finances, and so that's, our, our eyes are only set on that. But rather, God wants us to be wise with our finances and when it comes to finances in our lives. In fact, uh, Jesus talks about money a lot. Uh, 11 of his 40 parables are about money in the New Testament. And then throughout scripture, we see the idea of money more than 800 times in the Bible overall. In the Bible overall. The Bible is full of wisdom when it comes to our finances and how we can handle it the way God has intended it. And so, why does Jesus talk about money so much? I'm glad you asked. First, he knows how destructive and divisive money can be in our lives. And so think about it in your life right now, how destructive and divisive it may have been in your life. I love Dave Ramsey. He does a lot of good financial things, if you don't know of him. But he says that money is the, sorry, we're going to go back. Money issues are the second leading cause of divorce in America. Think about that for a moment. The second leading cause to divorces in America are, is finances and money. Talk about destructive, talk about divisive. And further than that, when we talk about money, money can cause anxiety in one's life. Money can cause depression. Money can cause difficulty sleeping. Money can cause poor coping skills. And honestly, the list could go on and you're sitting there and maybe you can relate to some of those today. You see, money causes destruction and divisiveness in our relationships and in our own personal lives. And that is why over the next three years, we as a church, we want to gain financial wisdom. Not only for us as a church, but for us individually as followers of Christ. Because I'm telling you, if you gain financial wisdom in your own family, you're going to feel the freedom and the love of Christ in the midst of that. You're going to feel the edifying nature of how God has intended finances to be, rather than it being always a weight on us. Because let me tell you, I'm right there with you. There are a lot of times where this finances just, it seems like a weight over me. Providing for my family is a, is, is a tough thing sometimes where I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing so that I can make sure my family is healthy. 
And so that's why over the next three years, we want to gain financial wisdom so that our finances aren't destructive, but rather they are edifying and they build up our families. And so where do we start? It's actually pretty simple. We start by embracing what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Paul says this, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And so let me just go back to the first part of this verse. What's interesting here is that Paul is writing this letter of 1 Timothy to a man by the name of Timothy. And Timothy is a very young pastor, and Paul is training him. And so if you think about it, the letter 1 Timothy is really a training letter. Like, hey, Timothy, I know you're young, and here's what to expect in your ministry. And he tells them, he tells them, he says, listen, you're going to have people in your congregation, in your, the body of believers in Ephesus that love money. And on top of that, you yourself are probably going to be tempted to love money. And so he's training him here of how to handle this, of really how to think about our finances and money God's way instead of the world's way. And so what is Paul trying to tell Timothy and what is Paul trying to tell us today? And so let me tell you what he's not saying first. Paul is not saying that having money is wrong or evil or a sin. Okay, do you get that? And so a lot of times, many church congregations view this idea that if you have a lot of money, you must be really evil and got it in a very evil way. And so that's not the case. Paul is not saying that there. Having money is not what Paul is talking about. In fact, we see throughout Scripture how God uses people who are wealthy all the time. The first person I think of is Lydia. In Acts chapter 16, verse 14, we read this. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. And so just to give you the context of this, Paul is on his missionary journey. He shows up in the town of Philippi, and you know what? He can't find anybody who worships God. And so he goes to the river where some people usually pray to God at the river. And you know who he finds? He finds Lydia and a bunch of women praying to God. And Paul joins them and says, you know what? You guys love God. And we're told that Lydia was from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth. And so Paul finds Lydia, and guess what? She's loaded, okay? She's loaded. Thyatira is a metropolitan city. She has a home there. She's from there. But yet she also has a home in Philippi. She has two homes. And guess what? She, she sells purple cloth. And the reason that that's expensive is that is royal. Purple cloth is linked to royalty. And so who's going to be buying the stuff from her? People who have a lot of money. And so listen, Lydia was very wealthy. But you know what? All that matters are those last three words. That's it. Wealthy, cool, awesome, but she worships God. You know what Lydia does? I can, I can probably guarantee you, we're not told this, I'm assuming here, but most likely when they start the church in Philippi, guess who is just giving her finances for the glory of God and for the sake of others? It's probably Lydia. She probably uses a lot of her resources to get this church off the ground. 
And so God uses Lydia in her life. And then on top of this, I think of two other people. The next person I think of is Joseph of Arimathea. Have you heard of his name before? We find him in Matthew chapter 27, and we meet him. It's just one little verse. It says, he was a rich man who was a disciple of Christ. And you know what he did? He goes up to Pilate, and he says, could I have the body of Jesus? And so right after Jesus dies on the cross, Joseph, who's a rich man, but yet at the same time was a disciple of Christ, he shows up and he says, I would like the body of Jesus. And and Pilate says, I don't want anything to do with this anymore, so go ahead, take it. And so he takes the body of Christ, he wraps it in linen, and you know what he does? He brings it to his own tomb that has yet to be used to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. Isn't that amazing? He gives up this tomb that's going to be a picture of our salvation for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And yet, Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man, but yet he was a disciple of Jesus. And then the last person I think of is Barnabas. In Acts chapter 4, we meet Barnabas, and all we're told is that he owns land on an island called Cyprus. And you know what? I know what Kelly's Island costs and put in Bay costs to, to buy some land there, okay? So you, you, if you have a house there, sweet, but you're probably wealthy. And so uh, I can't imagine what an island in the Mediterranean costs. And so what we're told is that he sells his land, guess what? And he gives it and lays it at the apostles' feet. Why? For the glory of God and for the sake of others, to build up the kingdom of God. And so Paul's not saying to have money is wrong. Paul is not saying that, hey, if God has blessed you with this, you should be ashamed of yourself. And so what is Paul trying to tell us? What is he trying to warn us? I'm going to go back to 1 Timothy 6.10. It says, for the love of money. Do you see that? It's a big difference. It's not if you have money, it's going to lead to all evil, which is, in a sense, kind of true, but it doesn't say that. It says, for the love of money, for the love of money. And then further, he says, craving money. Do you see that? It's not, in, it's not in yellow right there. Craving money. Okay? So those are two things. So I'm just all over the map with my little slides, but that's okay. And so the love of money is what Paul is talking about, and the craving of money. And so what do those two things mean? And, I, and I'm pretty sure that Paul used those two words for a reason. Because one, the love of money shows us when you love money, you know what you're doing? You are replacing God and with money. And so you are making money your God. And so what are the two greatest commandments? To love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others. And so if you love money, guess what? You can't love God. And we're going to talk about that in a second. And so what Paul is trying to say is that when you love money, you are setting yourself up to worship a false God, something that's not truly God. And then he goes on and says, the craving of money. So not only do you set this thing up as God, money, but not only do you do that, but you also crave it. You desire it. Your whole life is lived to get that. And so the love of money and the craving of money is what Paul is warning us to today. It's a very different thing than having money in our lives. You know what's interesting is that we're in the middle of a series that talks about our roots. We're talking about our roots. Spencer read in Colossians 2, right at the beginning of our worship set, this idea that our roots need to be in 
Christ. And yet here, Paul is saying that the love of money is the root that leads to all kinds of evils. Okay, it's very simple. If I have a plant and I have two pots, one has terrible soil and one has good soil, where where am I going to put that plant? I'm going to put it in the good soil, right? Paul is warning us. He's saying, listen, it's going to be very easy in life to have some roots that are in some very destructive soil. And yet we are called to have our roots in Christ. And so he's setting up this idea that we, where we're rooted makes all the difference. If we're rooted in money, it leads to some things. And if we're rooted in Christ, it leads to other things. And so the question is, is where are you rooted today? Listen, if you're rooted in money, if, if you love money and you crave it so much, you know what's going to happen? One of the evils that's going to that, that, happen, it says, some have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. With many sorrows. Almost like self-inflicted wounds. Like you love money so much, you're just self-inflicting yourself to destruction and you're self-inflicting yourself to some sorrows in life. When we love and crave money, it causes us to neglect the true God and our spiritual lives. And further than that, when we love money, it means that we won't, our love won't be for God. And so instead of, uh, of loving our God, we're going to go over here and we're going to try to build our own little puny kingdoms. Look at my house. Look at this. Look at that. All of this type of stuff. And so when we start to love money instead of loving God, we're saying, God, your kingdom isn't good enough for us. I'm going to come over here and build my own little kingdom. You see, and it, it, it leads people to wander from the true faith. It leads people to wander from their true faith in the true God and to worship something that's so transient, something that's so fleeting in life. And we can all relate that it is fleeting, isn't it? The love of money causes us to trade something eternal, the kingdom of God or love of God, for something very transient that will never fill or satisfy us. If we love and crave money, we will not love and crave God. And if you don't believe me, Jesus says this, Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. I love the context of this because this is the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is speaking to all these people. And you know what he's doing in the Sermon on the Mount? He's flipping the entire world upside down. And so he's talking to people who absolutely love and serve money. And he says, listen, you can't do that. You're going to feel this tension your entire life. You're going you're to want to serve this master, but you're also going to want to serve this master, me, God. But yet you can't do both. You have to choose to love one or the other. And one's going to lead us to destruction and to divisiveness and to really tough situations in life. The other's going to lead us to health, stability, and life. And so the question is ours, is what are we going to love? What are we going to love in our lives? If our roots are in money, then our roots will not be in Christ. And so I want you to think of where has your love of money led you? 
What situations have you found yourself because you are striving and loving something that is so fleeting and that will never fail? I promise you, if that's your life, if you focus your life on the love of money, it's going to cause you, one of the evils is to wander away from the faith, the true faith. And I desperately love you and I desperately don't want you to do that. We have to embrace what Paul says in 1 Timothy 6.10. He goes further and talks about money, and if you do have a lot of it, guess what? He talks about what you should do with that. So you can go read that in 1 Timothy 6. And we need to embrace what Jesus says as well in Matthew 6. We need to do those two things. Now, i got to move on from this. And so what are we going to do in these next three years? And so I'm going to give you some three principles that we as a church want to live by as we go through this Growing Deeper series, as we grow our roots deeper into Christ. And so what are three things we're going to do? First, we want to be good stewards of what God has given us, good, God's good things, okay? And so, listen, money in itself is not evil. It's the love of money that is the evil part, and it leads to more evil things. In, Greek, in the Greek culture, being a steward of someone's home, you were a manager, not the owner. You were a manager, not the owner, so you would manage household affairs, finances, and everything in between. And here's the deal. You would manage the household to reflect the owner. And so listen, we have been given so many things by God. We have been blessed with so many things by God. But guess what? We are not the owners. We are the stewards because Psalm 24 verse 1, guess what it says? It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. He's the owner. We are the stewards, which means we're called to manage what God has given us, our world. I was convicted the other, we started using, we have tons of kids, so we started using paper plates because dishes were piling up. And then we were like teaching our kids on like recycling and stuff like that. And my seven-year-old was like, why are we using these paper plates? I'm like, oh man, right? Even she sees like, we got to take care of our world, right? Our finances, we got to take care of our finances the way God would want us to, okay? Our, our kids even, God has blessed us with our families. we got to take care of them the way that God would want us to, right? God called us to be a steward of what's already his. And so when we are stewards, we need to reflect the God who owns it. And so we need to take those steps in our lives to, to do those certain things and reflect what God wants us to do. And so we want to help everybody when it comes to finances be better stewards of what God has blessed you with. And so we want to invite you to take our Rock Solid Finance class that's coming up on um, February 27th, March 6th. It's not either or. It's a two-session class, the 27th and the 6th. And it's in, at our Sandusky campus. You can text finance to sign up. And there's the number there. You can take a picture of this with your phone. And listen, we have two amazing people, an amazing couple that love to help people take their next steps with their finances and be better stewards. And they will go above and beyond to help you personally. And they want to help you. And so listen, please sign up for that. But if you don't want to go to the actual class, guess what? It's free on Right Now Media. We have Right Now Media that we give away to you as a church. And so if you don't have that resource, we would love to give it away to you. And that series, Rock Solid Finances, is on Right Now Media. And we have workbooks at the Welcome Center. If you just want to do it at home with your own spouse, you can, okay? 
And so there's two options there. And then we're going to have so many more after this. And so we want to challenge you to go to these classes if you are just struggling to figure out how to steward the finances God has given you, okay? And so we want to equip you to do those things. The next principle we want to live by is that we want to make every attempt to pay off our debt. We want to make every attempt to pay off our debt. Chances are all of us have incurred some type of debt in our life, okay? I'm, I'm going to raise my hand because I'm one of them, all right? Just yesterday, we were talking about how we're going to be paying off some of our debts. And so we, we, debt is something that we, is unavoidable, but something we have to understand is what Solomon says. Proverbs 22, 7, it says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. We felt that, haven't we? We felt it. It's true. Solomon was super wise. And so listen, he's not saying borrowing money is bad, but what he is saying is that when you do borrow money, do everything you can to get out of that debt. Do everything you can to take your next step and feel the freedom of that weight of debt. And listen, a lot of people think that only if you have a lot of money that you will be tempted to love money and crave money. But I want to just tell you, it's also on the other end. When you don't have enough of it and you have a lot of debt and that's all you can think about in life, guess what it's going to lead you to? It's going to lead you to crave and love money. And so no matter where you're at on the spectrum of financial stability, there's always going to be this temptation for you to love and crave money, either because you have excess or either because you don't have enough. And that's why it's such an important topic to talk about as a church. And so we want to pay off our debt as a church. Here's a fun fact, and this is why Port Clinton is the best campus, is that we are debt-free in Port Clinton. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, absolutely. This building, yes, this building was paid off debt-free all by the generosity of you guys. And so when we launched this campus in 2018, this building, the back building, the land, everything we have is debt-free. And so we still do have some debt from the other campuses, and we want to pay that off by 2023 as a church. And here's why. I'm going to give you two reasons. First of all, if we pay off our, our mortgage, it's going to take away our mortgage payments, which is 10% of our annual budget, which is $250,000 a year. And so listen, if we could save $250,000 a year and not give it to the bank, and get, guess what we're going to do with it? We're going to invest it into ministry and into our communities and into people. And so rather than paying the bank, we want to put that $250,000 toward ministry and furthering God's kingdom. And then on top of that, if we pay it off by 2023, we're going to be saving upwards to $750,000 because we paid our loan off early. And so as a church, we want to lead the way by setting the example and paying off the debt that we have. And listen, many of you have already jumped in to help us with this. We've already had meetings that talked about this, but if you don't know what's going on, you can simply go to our website, look at what's going on, look at our mortgage reduction info, look at some questions and info, and if God's leading you in your heart to help with this endeavor, awesome. If not, that's fine too, okay? No matter where you're at, it's fine. But if you do want to jump in, the option is available to you. And if you have any questions, I might be able to answer, I might not, okay? And so see me after the service and we'll, we'll get you pointed in the right direction. And so 
We want to be good stewards, which means that we want to pay off our debt, which means and going to lead us to the last principle, which is being known for our generosity. We as a church, which means you and me, all of us together, we want to be people known for our generosity in life. That's actually our last value that we focus on, is to live generously in life. Our God is known for his generosity, isn't he? Our God is known for his generosity. He created the world. He's given all of us life and what we have in this life. And most importantly, and hopefully you hear me on this, he gave us his only son. By the grace and the love and the mercy of God, he looked at us, just sinners following the prince of the power of this air. And he was willing enough and generous enough to give us his son, Jesus Christ. I just want you to think about that for a moment. Our God has been so generous enough to even offer us eternal life through his son, Jesus. And so we as a church, we want to resemble and we want to imitate our God and be known for our generosity in this community and in this world. And so listen, all this stuff, being good stewards, paying off our debt, isn't so that we can just pile into our bank account. We want to build the kingdom of God for his glory and for the sake of others. We want to be known for our generosity in life. We want to be known as people who are joyful givers. We want to be godly people who are generous givers. And listen, before we get into our conclusion here in a second, I just want to say this. When it comes to giving at the church, no matter what you've learned in life, I want to say this. First of all, it's never about the amount, okay? It's never about the amount. We are never going to say, you need to give this much. It's always about your heart, always. And so when you read through scripture and you read this idea of giving to a church, you know what? You're never going to be pressured here. But we are going to encourage you to, to think about in your heart because that's what spiritual maturity is. It's looking deep within and thinking, you know what, God has been so generous to me, so I'm going to be so generous to others. So however you're generous to others, it doesn't have to be given here. It could be giving to the poor. It could be giving outside of these walls. That's fine. But no matter what, it's always about your heart behind the giving. And so when our generosity happens, it needs to reflect our true hearts. And so listen, as much as I want to cast vision, that's all great. But you know what? We're here today, and we need to reflect right where we are right now. And so when Paul talks about this idea of loving and craving money, I want you to ask yourself today, are my roots in Christ or are my roots in money? Because listen, remember, if we love and crave money, that's almost like us saying, God, we love you, but you're not good enough. I'm going to go over here and build my own little kingdom by myself and try to get through without you. I don't know about you, but I'm not a good God. I could never be who God is. And so rather than trying to build our own little kingdoms, I want to just encourage you and really, really challenge you in your life. Do you love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, or strength? Or are you loving your money and craving after it and building your own little kingdom off to the side? 
That's the question you need to ask yourself. That's the financial wisdom we all need to work in in our hearts. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to transition into communion. And so as you're sitting there, I want you to reflect on that. Are my roots in Christ or are my roots in money? And And I pray that these lyrics that we're about to sing, that these will be your prayer today. And then in a little bit, we're going to walk through communion together, okay? So just pay attention to these lyrics.